Is faster powder needed? Not unless it's needed. Exactly, because we just explained that one is using a faster and one is using a real slow powder. Yeah. I mean, if you get into the powder you thought it would have been and, and you're getting the velocity that you want and it's shooting well, then, you know, maybe stop there. But the idea that you need a faster powder to ensure that all the – that comes because people believe you need faster powder so that it's all burnt before yes. the bullet leaves the barrel. But we're giving you exact numbers. And, and I should have prefaced all my load data I provided you as that they are very hot loads as well, so don't start there. Yeah, you're throwing the fucking brass away after the first Yeah, fire. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my philosophy on that is kind of, you know, I don't – I don't care to reload the brass 15 times and it's not because, you know, I don't care about the money or whatever it is. It's, it's more about that. It's a hunting rifle and it's a hammer. So if it kills an animal with that piece of brass, I don't need to reload it. I'm good. Welcome to the shoot to hunt podcast with your host, Ryan Avery, a registered Democrat who loves the six, five creed more. And the Jacob O'Shaney, his beard is made of the gypsy pubes. But together, they make the number four podcast in all of the US and a great success. It is a nice. So I was just thinking saucier, cavassier, no cavassier like the alcohol. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you actually, I am the worst with the English, English language. <laughs> you fucking said English. English. <laughs> I am, I am not a wordsmith. I'll never claim to be, but we do this. This goes to the fact that if you do email us at podcast at shoot and it's we read good, them, we do read them. And if you send us something that's worth talking about, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but I, I haven't thought about talking about this. Have you? Mm-mm. And we tried to figure out this dude's name. It's Shane Saucier, Saucier, Saucier. We don't really know. It's how. pronounced in American saucier. Like, like, <laughs> like, like I like, like I like my spaghetti saucier. Okay. That would be what Mason said, but it's, it, it looks like saucier. Like it should have the little chingus on the E. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's silent R lower hashy, lower hashy. On silent the sauce R. on the, yeah. Uh, Shane, we're probably butchering your last name. We're sorry, but you did send us in a good email mm-hmm. and he, the topic idea he sent in was short barrel miss. And I'm not going to say I'm an expert and I don't know Jake's take on no. it, but we have made a lot of short barrels Yeah, and we continue to make them. So we do have our thoughts. And on we it. have some good data to back it up. Yeah. I think uh, first we need to talk about this sexy short barrel rifle on the table. Well, how short is it? 20 inch. I think, well, let's just say what determines what is a short barrel? I think to me, well, I think it's a moving number now. Like I used to say anything under 24 was short, mm-hmm. but it seems like now the 22 is the norm. Would you say that from building rifles? Yeah, 22 is the norm. It may, it, it may be funny too, because maybe, maybe for example, a 33XC, a 24-inch barrel is short, and maybe yeah. it's more horsepower or case capacity based, whereas you know you could do a 6UM on a 16-inch, you could do a 300 RUM on a 20-inch, you could do a 300 NORM on an 18-inch. So maybe... Short is determined by, or at least shortest length is determined by the cartridge or, or yeah. case capacity. Yeah. You're talking about how overbore or the cartridge is. How much powder you got to burn in that yeah. amount of length of, of barrel. I'm going to say anything up to anything that's not weird, like the 33XC, because I think that's an outlier. 22 inches, what we're going to say is like yeah. 22, 24 is like the standard. So like a guy walks into Bio Lapua Improved and he says, what is the shortest barrel I can go with? 
I know that I'm burning 118 grains in 24 inches with a 33XC, and a Lapua improved is around 101 grains of N570. So I would tell him because of case quantity, case capacity, mm -hmm. that he could probably get away with a 22 inch. With a three, just a straight 300 Norma? Or a improved? straight. Uh, no, this is Lapua improved. Improved. Lapua improved is around 101 grains N570 once you're low developed with a 300 grainer. It seems to be like. Do you sell most? Do you sell mostly thirty cal magnum? Is that the primary, the number one, or is there two seventies? Or no, sorry, not two seventy, two eighty fours. That's tough. Because trying I to know. make like a to me, if I'm going to build a what I say, somewhat of a big magnum, let's say three hundred PRC, thirty nozzle, or three hundred norma. To me, twenty two inches is there too small? Is there too short? That's what the guy's asking. Is there where's that break? There at? is, and I, that's what I'm saying. I think each. I think the shortest possible barrel is cartridge or case capacity based so for the xc i wouldn't go much shorter than a 24 inch at that 118 grain case capacity my 300 rum shoots 98 grains in 20 inches and that's a validated 98 grains that it has the exact same amount of velocity increase a grain under and a grain over which tells you that it's burning all the powder so i think i think that's the myth he's getting to is it burning all the mm -hmm. powder Oh, what, I took you off your topic. Was finished talking about. Oh that. yeah. Okay. So this, this <clears throat> I have this for sale. It's a short barreled 300 WSM. It's 20 inches. It's a Sendero. I think that's a Sendero content contours carbon six. Yes, it is. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. 20 inch barrel. It's got a bat aluminum bumblebee action. It has a, a the XLR element 4.0 chassis. It's got a trigger tech two stage trigger. Um, it's the smoke back end on the uh, buttstock, and I do have. The uh, collapsible or the, what do you call that? Folder. The folder stock piece for it. It's just not on there. It is for sale. There's 163 rounds through it. It's already been load dev. It shoots 185 jugs, 200 grain uh, burgers, 200 grain initial ascent fact. Shoots everything well. And if you want to buy it, you can get it for the low, low price of 4K. 4K. It's There's as much parts into it, it is for what the price is. And you don't have to do the load dev. Mm-hmm. And I guess the labor's on me. That's right. Technically, labor's on Jake, but don't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it, it's it's a shooter. Oh, it's a shooter. What I did, speaking of the short barrel miss, the one thing I wanted to do with this was be able to shoot out to a grand at elk. I wish I would have went, and I wanted to shoot a two hundred grain bullet. It is on a short action, like I said, it's on a bumblebee bad action. I probably would have went with a long action, but. I could have got around that if I just would have went with a 22 inch barrel to get mm -hmm. the speed I want. Mm -hmm. I wanted 2,900 or better and I couldn't get there with 200 grain bullets. This brings up another good point. Like as we're talking about short barrels and like, so we literally, I just got away from a customer in the, in the retail store here who put in a rifle build with us and he came in wanting a seven Psalm, but he wanted a super, he went down axis deer with a 26 inch barrel, 300 Norman figured out he had the wrong tool. Oh, so yeah. he came in to order the right tool. And he basically said, you know, I want a low recoiling compact gun that I can pop up on my shoulder real quick and kill an axis deer, you know, you know, when it's timed, when mm -hmm. it's a timed event. And uh, basically what I told him is the shorter the barrel that you want to go, the more horsepower you need to keep that bullet's velocity up. So that's a that's a So I talked him out of a seven salmon into a seven PRC because we would put him on our medium action either way. And why don't you just use up all the capacity? And then I have yes. up on the, in the retail store, there's the seven SOM case and a seven PRC case. And as you're looking at them, you know, there's not a huge amount of difference. It's probably 
we would put 60 grains average in a seven psalm and it's about 70 grains in a seven prc so just figure yeah. eight to ten grains more in a prc correct so this would have been better if i had to build a long action 30 nozzle or 300 prc mm-hmm. i don't build nancy's so that's out of the question <laughs> but if so what if I was a guy using it and, you know, he just wants to shoot to 800 yards, you'll be fine. And if you do go in and you look at your wind deflection, it matters. But this gun is suited to run 185 jugs at about 2940, 2950, and it'll, it'll kill anything out to 1,000 yards. But just for me, it's not my cup of tea. Yeah. It's light. It's six and a half pounds as it sits. I think sometimes when, when guys are considering their next rifle build and they're, and they're looking at barrel lengths and considering cartridges and bullets and velocities and all that good shit, I think sometimes we get stuck on the right, the, the bullet they're looking for at a certain velocity. And I get it. <clears throat> if you come in here and you want to shoot a 215 hybrid at 3,000 feet per second and you're trying to decide and you want a short barreled rifle, but you're trying to decide how short you can go. Well, if you went with a 300 Norma instead of that 300 WSM, Obviously, you can go a lot shorter mm-hmm. and get to your velocity requirement. But so the the guy that I was talking to in the store here, he was interested in recoil response, you know, from the different cartridges. And I said, if you have the 180 grain hybrid leaving a seven psalm out of a 24 inch barrel, it's going to feel about the same as you do from a seven PRC in a 20 inch barrel because it's the bullet. It's the equal and opposite mm-hmm. force, you know, from the bullet leaving the barrel. So the, the cartridge technically doesn't affect the recoil. It's the bullet and the bullet's velocity leaving the muzzle. So either way, the felt rate coil would be about the same. Interesting. Do you think that if, I guess, if if you're going to get, there's no free lunch, right? You know, if you're going to have the speed and you're going to have the bullet weight, you're going to have the recoil. Well, and I've always, up until the last two years, been on the bigger is always better train. Do you see people starting to hear, you know, hear that advice from Rockside? Are they going to dropping down to the 6.5s, the 6 millimeters? Even like the being the seven is the big caliber mm-hmm. or is everybody still on the, and this is kind of off topic, but just kind of selfish information. Yeah. Is everybody still on the big 30 train? We're building a lot of 33 XEs right now. See the 33 XE is an outlier because it is a fucking hammer. I mean, your kid just shot a bear and dropped the guts out of it. <laughs> it blew the whole bottom of the chest off. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if you're going to build one, well, I used to have them in here, but mm-hmm. the uh, 36 that we've built, they're 10 and a half pounds, a lot of recoil, the barrel's somewhat short, but it's single fed. To me, it's an outlier. Like I know I'm going to shoot. I don't need it unless I know I'm shooting past that thousand yards, mm-hmm. like frequently, or it could be a big possibility. It might be 1400 yards and I want to take the shot. Mm-hmm. There's so many fucking variables and there's so many different types of people and the stuff that we talk about in here, you know, between you and I, we, we're shooting a six UM and a 33 XC simultaneously, basically. And maybe they kill the elk the same way. But most guys are not, they're not doing that. They're not trying to go for the biggest and they're not trying to go for the smallest. Like this guy already had that 300 Norma and he started off with the whole seven psalm to kill an axis deer. But by the time the conversation was over, he's like, well, I probably still want to come out here and hunt elk with it too. And he says, I realize now that I'm doing what everybody else does. And they basically want the best of all worlds in one package. You want the shortest barrel, shortest rifle that you can shoot well, the cartridge that doesn't kick and the, and the bullet that kills everything. Well, the, there's there's oh. ba- there's checks and balances there, you there's, know. There's that saying, I want a rifle that knocks down trees but doesn't kick. Yeah, and then and then the next guy, let's say, I don't want to say inexperienced, maybe the inexperienced hunter who's just reading online and hasn't actually killed anything yet, he also wants the bullet that kills anything no matter what. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and then they'll be all oh, get an Acubon because it kills everything, or all oh, get the Barnes because it kills everything, and and then the whole match versus hunting and and the sniper typers just get after it. But in reality, we've seen lots of bullets kill lots of things from a small bullet to a big bullet at various distances. And I guess when it comes down to it, quit fucking reading and just get a rifle and give go it a go. Prove it to yourself. So we have some data that we can give you on the whole short barrel rifle thing. So when I built that 300 rum, mm-hmm. it was going to be a 20 inch barrel basically because I was told that it couldn't be done. And as soon as we built it, we went out and tested 94 to 100 grains of N570 in single grain increments. And it increased 40 feet per second average in between every grain of powder all the way to 100. Mm. So if you got to a point anywhere in there where it wasn't going to burn all the powder, you would see your velocity drop Drop off. off, You would also see a huge increase in extreme spread because the powder burn off would be variable. It wouldn't just burn off to an exact amount, right? So you'd have a few kernels that didn't burn either way. So your ES would open up. And we both know that that rifle shoots single digit ES and just been killing shit for the last three years straight. And it's a, it's a hammer. And so, so to debunk that myth, this is a 300 rum shooting a 215 hybrid. It's using our mag box. So it's loaded to 3.930 inches long. It's 98 grains of N570 with a 215 match primer and ADG brass. That 215 shoots at 3,100 feet per second from that barrel. And it's been doing that for a number of years now. This is not false data or anything else. Like it's, that, that's mm-hmm. the nitty gritty. We built a 300 Norma shooting 90 grains of powder on an 18-inch barrel. That 18-inch barrel shot 225s at 2950. That's real fucking data that actually happened from a rifle we built. So, gotcha. Yeah. And you know the other thing is I have two different <clears throat> two different uh, things happen two different rifles. Let's take this 300 WSM. Mm. I went to quick load. Me and Blaine actually went to quick load. I ran a bunch of numbers, and it was 565, 560, and I think it was 4831 shortcut. Don't quote me on that. It might have been 4350. Anyways, was the top velocity? You know the top speed for this rifle with the 200 by 20 burgers. Um, and I ran it. This is why you got to run the powder. Mm-hmm. And none of them were producing the speed that quick load said they would. And I ended up going to uh, 555. Yeah, that's right. And at 66 grains, and it is hot, so don't be loading that up for your first load. 66 grains, of 555 was by far the fastest powder. And it wasn't even in the top 20 of quick load. Uh-huh. So you got to kind of run the numbers. Then we let's take the 6UM. The 6UM, I would have never thought in a million years... 20-inch barrel, and I don't think it'll change into a 16 or 17-inch barrel, called for the fastest powder in quick load would be 570, and it has been from start to finish. There's nothing that touches it. In fact, you didn't believe it. You went and checked all kinds of powders. Hell no. Me and Nick (laughs) ran 12 different powders in it, and it it was the top two were 570 and then 26. Mm. Those Nothing touched those. So you can't always, what I'm going to get into is you can't always take short barrel what quick load says because... 555, yeah, 555 wasn't even in the top 20 for the three, uh, 300 WSM, and it was the top for the 6 UM. Mm-hmm. 570 was the top for the 6 UM. <clears throat> so you got to, you have to do the work, I yep. think. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, Quick Load is a, it's basically a, a, a very rudimentary software that calculates ammunition before you load it. You can tell it cartridge, bullet length. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell it a number of different things and, and it'll evaluate all the known powders against each other. And then you can pick one powder and it will give you all the powder ranges uh, for pressure. So it's called quick load. It comes from overseas. So it's got to come on like a disc or a drive. 
Got to be uh, Windows. Can't use Apple. Yeah, I can't use Apple. It's from a, when you guys look it up on Google, it comes from a website. It's like Neo Konos, like N E O C O N O S, something like that. And that's the right one. So don't be scared of it. Yeah, it looks like a. It's like 160 bucks, and it is an invaluable tool for those of you that load. There's a couple buttons up at the top. In fact, we're working on an online reloading course right now, and there'll be a short little video on how to use Quick Load. Uh, But it's very worth the money that you invest into it just for this information like we're talking about. It is. Especially if you'd like to do things out of the ordinary. If you want to test short barrels and all that good shit, it's a good tool. Or if you're a wildcatter. I mean, obviously, Mm -hmm. wildcatter, you probably already know about it. Yeah, there's actually another part of the program where you can design a case mm-hmm. and then get that case put in there. Yeah, because yeah, we changed, you know, this was Blaine because he'd used it a lot. He changed all the the volume to match the 6UM mm. size, and it was really close. Maybe that's why you got the proper result N570 out of Quick Load is because you... Yeah, and it was so far above, even 26, and when it said it was going to be for velocity, I was like, I told you, there's no, I thought it'd be 565. Yeah. I was like, there's no fucking way it's going to be 570, and yeah. it is, that's the only powder for the 6UM, it seems like. Yeah. Let's get into it. Let's do some of his questions, because I think uh, some of these are pertinent, and his, uh-huh. his uh, topic's idea of myths of shorter barreled rifles. Is faster powder needed? Not unless it's needed. Exactly, because we just explained that one is using a faster and one is using a real slow powder. Yeah. I mean, if you get into the powder you thought it would have been and, and you're getting the velocity that you want it shooting well, then, you know, maybe stop there. But the idea that you need a faster powder to ensure that all the – that comes because people believe you need faster powder so that it's all burnt before yes. the bullet leaves the barrel. But we're giving you exact numbers, and, and I should have prefaced all my load data I provided you as that they are very hot loads as well, so don't start there. Yeah, you're throwing the fucking brass away after the first Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my philosophy on that is kind of, you know, I don't – I don't care to reload the brass 15 times and it's not because, you know, I don't care about the money or whatever it is. It's, it's more about that. It's a hunting rifle and it's a hammer. So if it kills an animal with that piece of brass, I don't need to reload it. I'm good. Yeah. And that's the, he asked, you're not burning all the powder is another question for the myth, but yeah, I think that goes almost back to like this muzzle loader thing where you're burning black powder and it's not all burning. Dude, yeah. Most of the time. Well, the average barrel length across time up until now was basically 26 inches. Yeah. When you looked at hunting, it didn't really matter. 26 inch was the barrel length. Whoever decided that at whatever time, that's what they come up with. But so we're giving you numbers now of 118 grains in 24 inches. This is N570. 98 grains in 20 inches. And 90 grains in 18 inches. And these are all real numbers. Th- that these loads and quantities of powder versus barrel length are real numbers that we know had great ESs that we know shot well. Yep. These are real numbers. And we can add in we have a guy, Hunter Bigelow, he's running sixty seven or eight grains in a twenty inch barrel. Sixty eight and twenty in, inch. In the six five Psalms. I have no doubts when I build this sixteen inch, I'm gonna use five seventy. I have no doubts it'll be burnt out in that sixteen inches. Oh, yeah. Well, if you just look at just, I, I think the rum is probably the most extreme example, to be honest with you. Basically, 98 grains in 20 inch. Now, you can break that down to grains per inch if you want, or, or I believe that most of the powder is burnt just as it exits, and it's it's not it's not a linear burn rate, mm-hmm. you know, across the 20 inches of barrel. But use these as somewhat as a, as a, as a baseline from hopefully information that you trust. Uh, like I said, these are the top two, the 118 and 24 inches and the 98 and 20 inches. Those are my personal yeah. two rifles, and these are guaranteed. And to highlight on it, how do you know that it's burning all the powder? So go. So first of all, the first key indicator is extreme spread. So like I said, if you were not burning all the powder 
in that 20 or 24 inches, you would notice your ES open up because it would be burning inconsistently. A kernel of N570 is worth two to four feet per second. A kernel of H4350 is worth one to two feet per second. So if you didn't burn three kernels of N570, you could look at the potential velocity spread just from three kernels. To get a single digit ES from N570, you have to load very well because each of those kernels weighs 0.08 to one grain. <laughs> They're big. Each kernel. They're big boys. They're big boys. So you have to be on kernel when you're loading. And then to get that single digit ES, you can't get it if you were not burning all the powder. So the second part of that test is to go above and beyond, you know, a grain or two over. So 119 and 120 and make sure that your increase in feet per second is the same between the grains. So on the rum, we went from 94 to 100 and it averaged 40 feet per second between each grain increase all the way to 100. So at my 98, I know I'm good. I know I was good at 100. Mm -hmm. But yeah, extreme spread and then your average feet per second increase per grain is a way that you can test. There you go. And I see this on rock. I see this all over the internet is, well, if I'm going to go with that short of a barrel, I might as well just go with the 308, which makes no logical <clears throat> sense to me. No, because again, the shorter the barrel, the more horsepower you want behind it in order to keep that bullet up and keep the velocity yeah. up. If you would, have you make a 308 that size, it's going to be slow as shit. If, slow you're as using, shit. if you use an apple to apple bullet. Yeah. Yeah. And either way, the 16 inch is basically the minimum. If you want a, a lead, right? A legal bolt rifle, 16 inches is the shortest barrel. Yeah. Yeah, so you're not going to go any shorter than 16. We're giving you numbers all the way down to 18 inches so far. Ryan is about to put a 16-inch barrel on his 6-OM improved, otherwise known as the the 6UM. Mm -hmm. And it's going to burn, where are you at there, 68 grains? Six. Well, if I plus, it's 66 right now, non-plus uh -huh. P. So it's probably going to be 67, 68 with plus P. You know what's crazy is, so our seven PRCs for the Night Force Challenge were 68, 67, and 68. Oh, yeah. Or between... That means the fucking seven PRC barely has more capacity than not that we weren't running hot. No, no. those comp rifles and we're, you're running. Well, hot. We, we at 68 with yours was pressure. Oh, that's right. So that's it. I never thought about that. Fuck dude. That's a big, that's those straight walls and the improved shoulder. You know, it's going to be a hammer. So we ordered a six, five oh, slash yeah. seven PRC improved reamer. I'm going to build that one. Dude, that's, that's my next sound. one. Dude, yeah. you run a one fifty six or a one forty seven. How 30, long, 100. How long a barrel? I'm a fuck 20 inch. Oh, it's just going to be a fucking hammer. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be fun. And so and the cool thing about that is the the downside of the UM is the fire forming. You're just going to run the straight neck down 7 PRC. No, I did improve it. Oh, dude. I did improve You're it. You're going to be hauling ass then. It's going to haul ass. That is going to be the best 6.5 cartridge not in a long action because it can't not be. Do you, how do you think it'll run with the 26 Nosler? Well, a 26 nozzle is a, that's a short action, isn't it? Or is that the 24? 26 won't fit. Remember, a, we tried the 26 first, but the brass sucked to make a six millimeter. And it's, it, I think it's a long, I think. I'll have to look at it. Either way, it's going to be fun because it'll fit in my medium. That's going to be very interesting. It'll be the hottest 6.5 cartridge, not in a long action. You're running a medium, obviously. Yeah. Run it in Tika. Maybe. You could fucking run it in Tika. Don't you could. Well, what do you think the overall link? I'm gonna put in be? a medium Vesper. It's my fucking action. Well, I'm I'm not saying you won't sell medium actions. I'm just yeah. saying, what's the overall length gonna be? You think? Uh, three three. It'll go in a Tika. Yes, <laughs> yes, it will go in a Tika. <laughs> That's all I wanted to get out of you. Yes, it'll 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 it's gonna go in a Tika with a one fifty six. 
Um, or a 150 Acubon long range. That's one I really want to try to tune also and hit something with. It seems like people are just hit or miss with those things. I don't, I don't hear, I don't hear right now many people using the 150 ABLR. So I'd like to give it a go. Um, I'm trying to think the 26 is right up there. It's like 72. So it's going to be right there. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's better brass by far. Oh yeah. It's going to be good brass. Because like I said, we started the six millimeter UM project with the 26. Me and Blaine kept necking down and cracking the fucking neck. Yeah. Cause nozzles are shit. Yeah. That'll be fun. And then Jess is building the six, five Psalm improved. So now we'll have six Psalm improved, six, five Psalm improved and a six, five slash seven PRC improved. For numbers, are you locking down any of those reamers? <clears throat> no, we're not. We're just not that type of people. No, see, that's such a nice guy. Yeah. There's some people out there that want you to pay. Yeah, speaking of that, reamer. like you had a bunch of interest on the rock side. You guys can call JGS. It's a it is a public reamer spec for the six SOM approved slash six UM cartridge. Ryan keeps talking about. You can get the reamer. Uh, we have brass, and we're going to offer fire form brass, and we'll have wooden dies in stock all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and you, speaking of that, we'd love to go off topic here, but there is a big enough supply of 6.5 psalm brass. ADG majorly slashed the production number that's happening right now for 6.5 psalm. This hurts my heart. Majorly slashed. Like how much? I'm getting less than 20% of the original production quantity. Less than 20%. Well, you're gonna have to just quit loading six five psalms. We don't. You believe it or not, six five psalm is a not popular cartridge. That's that PRC. Just it is not. It. Yeah, it owns it. Guys, don't. Uh, there are a lot of gun builders that I think like like the like Chris Brown, mm-hmm. uh, Long Range Customs, loves six five psalm. Builds a lot of six five psalms, but that's because most of the time a gunsmith kind of has a little influence over. Their yeah. customers, and they can push them this way or that, or give them real life. Really, people want the numbers. So if you walk in here and I got accurate numbers on a number of cartridges, you know, it helps you make a decision. But um, 6.5 Psalm in general is not popular compared to 7 Psalm. Because it's not. Yeah, it is interesting. The 7 Psalm is not factory loaded either, is it? You can get some, some places. It it is a Sammy spec cartridge, yes. Well, in in theory, we could neck down to 7 7 Psalm. And maybe it is that 6.5 Psalm is not a Sammy spec cartridge. Yeah. I don't know for a fact. Somebody will tell us. The only place that I ever saw was uh, when Prime made ammo. They'd buy 6.5 Psalm brass or loaded ammo. Well, the only way they had brass is if they weren't making the brass. Must have been ADG. Norma. Norma was making 6.5 Psalm brass? Yeah. That's crazy. I'm pretty sure because he was getting it from all his shit. Well, for all you 7 Psalmers, Peterson is making 7 Psalm brass. It'll be first thing next year. So technically never really run out of six UM until we get big enough to make them head stamp it. Yeah. And we can always neck down the seven too. We'll have a bunch yeah. of seven. So it ain't that it can't be done, but really the the best way to go when you're necking down a two sixty four to a two forty three, do you do it in two? Do, were you doing it in two steps? One hitter. Generally you want to reduce neck size or increase neck size by 10 thousandths at a time. So you want to step your bushing down a little bit, unless it'll get it done in one shot. doesn't always happen that way. Depends on neck thickness and all that good shit. Now, expanding a neck is a lot easier. We actually have expander mandrels that are tapered from, let's say, a 6.5 to a 7 and a 7 to a 30. So you're literally just inserting one long mandrel, and it slowly brings the neck out. That's way easier. Do you do – you don't – We don't really do it, but I have them. I have the expander mandrels. Yeah. 
When will you have that reamer? Uh, the 657 PRC? Yep. I ordered that like three, four weeks ago. They're about three months out. All right. Make sure everybody call in and get their order in. <laughs> that's a, that's going to be literally so we can fit in, in our unknown munitions, bottom, metal, and mag with in combination with a Vesper medium, we can fit 3.4. So literally it's the only one you can build a seven PRC on. Nobody else's medium will squeeze a seven PRC in there. Gotcha. So this will be in our medium. Like I said, it'll, it'll be the hottest six, five, not on a long action. Yeah, I think it's about right too. Like I do like overbar, but there is. And we a were point. talking about twenty six nozzles. Twenty six nozzles a long action cartridge, so that doesn't count in comparison. We're gonna squeeze this into a medium. And that's what'll set it apart. Medium, yeah, <laughs> it'll be fun. Oh, it will be fun. Um, all right, we better probably get back onto the task. Back on hand. topic. The next question. Oh, he really doesn't have another question. He just talks more about. Every other non uh, tribal non basically people pass down knowledge is just not true and that's where we got to where we were with the not burning all the powder. Mm-hmm. And as far as terror oh, SUVs from hippies with terrible fuel mileage. <laughs> <laughs> the the so, fact go ahead. Short barrels are okay. Yeah, and uh, it's I think the uh, suppressor craze is driving the short barrels. Yes. Now I'm not a suppressor guy, but we're gonna put a suppressor on Jess's psalm improved. Yep, and That'd I think fun. you know, and it's and then you go down to the fact we've already talked about it: carbon versus steel, and mm-hmm. that's that's still a hotly debated topic. Mm-hmm. It's uh, carbon just does look better. I mean, there's no way around it. Well, basically, the the, the conversation is it's basically aesthetics at this mm-hmm. point. There is not a huge weight savings, not as much as you think. Everybody believes it's a huge weight savings, but we have a whole rack of fucking barrels, and you can grab barrels off there, and we're talking a few ounce difference. Between a, a, a fluted 700 muzzle finish barrel, which is a, a Sporter number three Ace, a Benchmark number five, a Bartline 3B, all those barrels when fluted are just a few ounces heavier than a comparative carbon barrel. Benchmark, Bartline, the guys that are cut rifling, cut rifled liners in their, in their carbon barrels, they leave so much steel there that it's not a fucking difference. They are heavy. Oh, yeah, they are fucking heavy. And there's a big price difference between still. I remember when you walked in the old, when we were, when, when the shop was at the house, you had ordered some benchmark carbon barrel. I can remember this and it was out in the, on the fucking counter for you. Cause you're fucking spoiled. And you come in and you grab the barrel. You're like, fuck, this is heavy. <laughs> it was. I just remember. What was that for? It, it might've been. No, it's not that one. Oh, I think it, it went on something else. I don't remember what but anyways, it was you for. picked it up. You're like, fuck. Oh, it was a six, five Psalm. It was. Okay. Actually, Dallas built it. Uh-huh. It was that barrel. And yeah. it was so heavy. It's like, what's the point? And you're paying. So <clears throat> to, on a price breakdown, you probably have this in your head. If I buy a carbon six, 20-inch barrel, Sendero, what's that cost me from you? Well, let's just do it. So a benchmark carbon barrel is 800 bucks. A fluted ace is 500 So, so $300 go. difference. $300 difference and you're literally buying something within ounces uh, of each other. Yeah, but we can't we can't lie to people and tell them that it don't look good. It fucking looks good. I don't know. To me, like if you take that 33XC and they put a flute on it and they put some Cerakote on it, it looks fucking yeah. good. Two-tone flutes with a different color down inside the flutes is a very difficult process to do right. But when it's done, it looks fantastic. And then people claim another myth that I hear a lot that I do not believe is, oh, the carbon barrel is better for fucking, you know, salty or 
or fucking water or all weather treatment. I don't believe that. Well, either way, it's stainless steel. It's 416 stainless. That's what the it's, barrel's it's made out of. definitely not stainless, remember? Oh, yeah, that's true. He did say that. <laughs> it's technically not full stainless. But if you if you do Cerakote it, I mean. Hey, you're putting a, a corrosion barrier on it, you know. Yeah, and that's. I said, well, it's easier to bend a steel barrel. There's so many people out there talking shit that they. Speaking of, we could talk shit because our new rings that are coming out happen to have. I sent all the fucking screws out to be nitrated so that they don't rust like everybody else's. Just so you guys know, when you buy the UM rings, whether they be the Tika, the hinged, or the soon-to-be core rings, all the screws will be nitrated so they don't rust. That sets it apart. Very nice. We don't want rust on our fucking rust on our rifles. And our the actual rings are anodized, correct? Yes. So there's no way that that's pretty rust. standard though. I'm talking about the shit that the shit that sets it apart. Like on the Tika rings, there's one, two, there's six screws whether it be the clamp or the top, but they're all the same screw. And they're all nitrated. And then on the hinge rings, the same thing. It's a different screw than the Tika rings, but they're all the same screw. There's six of them. Those have been waiting. The packaging is here. And yeah, we just got it yesterday. <laughs> Hopefully start shipping in the next week. Well, I talked to Ken this morning. Ken was like, uh, we should be able to stay on time for the 14th for the Tika rings. I'll technically, all the UM rings or the hinge rings are done right now. They're at Anno. Where are the Tika rings? Some are still being made right now. Some are at Anno. Okay. But everything's <laughs> coming together. Yeah. In the month of July, rings will be shipped. Yes. Yes. Anything else we missed? Uh, don't be nervous about a short barrel. No. A lot of guys come in, they're like, I realize that the, the their rifle build is so important to them. It may be the only one or it just may be they've been thinking about it for a long time and they're so nervous about these little decisions. Like some guys I see are are stressed the fuck out about whether or not to go with an eight or an eight and a half twist. That's not a that's not a, a decision to stress about. Go with the bit faster. You cannot you, you can overspeed a bullet, but I'm talking like trying to build a 308 with a three twist. <laughs> If, if you're trying to decide between an eight and eight and a half, it's all right. Just go for yes, it. I, and you don't need a 7.3 twist. So I am over speeding a bullet at the moment. Yeah. That, for what? That DTAC is oh. not staying together. So oh. there are outliers again where you could over. I think that's happening bullet. because you had them cut them fucking grooves deeper. That's what I mean. I think the seven, I think I had an eight twist or a nine twist. Yeah, but you were fine with the ones before. Yeah, those are 20 thou. These are 50 thou. Well, that's you, you, you created your issue. So I'm saying if I had an eight, I may be over RPM in those fuckers. So if I had an eight twist or a nine twist, it may not. If we go fucking take a caliper and measure the depth of that groove versus the jacket thickness, then basically you're, you, it's barely being held together. Oh, yeah. But so, I mean, you start spinning it really fast. Yeah, but you may not find a slow enough twist rate that stabilizes it, but doesn't make it fall apart. It may be the depth of your groove cut that just cannot be supported. There is that. <laughs> but there's also, it could be the RPM. If I backed her off to an eight. So, I blew. So, the full fact, the 6UM, we blew up a suppressor. And then Diligent Defense, good company they are, they fixed it. It destroyed two baffles. How does this work? That tip breaks off, had to be before it got to the fucking suppressor. Yep. It destroys the first two baffles. There's 10 baffles. There's nine baffles. Doesn't touch another baffle and then rips off the front plate. How does it miss all those baffles? 
I don't know. I guess it was uh, it was kind of hitting the walls on the way down, and then it's, <laughs> and then it's like a hot dog down a hallway. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that drunk guy that starts walking, and it starts Slaps. off with a little tilt, and then it's a real full tilt. <laughs> Dude, that blows me away. It hit the the first two baffles, and then doesn't hit another one until it hits the yeah. plate. You were so mad when you came into that into that fucking. Airbnb. Oh, oh, dude! Not only mention that is not 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 the Mike's fault, but I had, wanted it done quick. Yeah, he, <laughs> he fucking ended up with a regular H series Cerakote and a suppressor, which melted after he shot fifteen rounds Ten, through it. Twelve shots really fast at six. That motherfucker started smoking. I could barely see the target. See fucking sparks flying out of it because you're having baffle strikes. Then the fucking paints melted and everybody's watching right. He, he came to the house. You so you were so bad, dude. There was like I don't know. 200 I didn't even want people. to talk to you about it. That's how bad you were. There was two hundred people sitting there, and I fucking Cerakote's mouth fucking <laughs> sparks are coming out. Couldn't fucking shoot. That was that's what I was there for. <laughs> hey, but I did get a good BC on the Doppler. That's all that mattered. Maybe it's not a good BC. Uh, the baffle strike was the ninth, and they kicked it out, and then they kicked shot two more. Oh. So. oh, so you shot several before you had the first baffle strike. Oh, yeah, I know. And it was like a it's a weird, it was a bang, bang. It was weird sounding. I imagine. And the guy's like, I think your bullet blew up. <laughs> and he goes, and your can's on fire. Because <laughs> it was smoking. <laughs> so the, the story was, yeah, H-series Cerakote is not good for a suppressor. You got to use air cure for the high temp. And that's, so you just spray it on and just let it sit? Yeah. Yeah, just sets out and air cures. You'd think it'd be the other way around. Well, because it's the hardener. It's the it's the hardener in the epoxy type of Cerakote. It's a ceramic paint, so it has a hardener. It's the hardener, I think, that burns. And what's the air cure, cure air time? Cure. Uh, f- I think I think at 24, you can continue with the paint, and then I think it takes 48 or 72 hours for a full for a full cure. And everything for Ryan is basically, I want it yesterday. He's just like every other fucking I'm in, Amazon user in the world. I'm not patient. Yeah. But I do love unknown munitions because <laughs> they, they work with my impatience. Uh, but I do also give a shout out to Diligent, Diligent Defense. They fixed it. They're sending it back to me. No price. No cost. Yeah, it wasn't the suppressor's fault in any way, shape, no, or form. And I was honest. I said, dude, I have kind of a weird case here. I have a weird bullet. It blew up. And they're like, no problem. Uh, customer service like that is really hard to find anymore. Because yeah. we were just talking about some cuts. In fact, for those of you that might be looking for a CF Moto 800 <laughs> EX Trail, I will say don't fucking buy one. How many miles on it before it blew 99 up? 99 miles. Motor seized up. It touched a little bit of snow and fucking melted down. And then these fucking dealers. This. So I used to work in what well, I'm going to fucking rant here for a minute. I used to work in fucking warranty and I know what it's like to take care of a customer. Our fucking scoped rifle builds cost as much as this damn side by side did. So I have something to equate it to, right? Like if somebody walks back in here with a rifle problem, we will fucking take care of you. It's not going to be a, oh, if it was five and a half months later and you did not change your air filter, uh, you know, like I walk in there. I'm like, look, it's got 99 miles on it. Fucking thing. Don't run. Fix it. And it's this. And let's caveat that with you're not Adam. You are a maintenance guy. You are. Yeah. If it says to do it, well, you look do at it. I buy this brand new machine. It's got fucking racks and gas cans on it and fucking wheels and tires and all the bullshit. It's all decked out and I ain't even started using it yet. And it and is my fault. So when I went to look, so this is a, a CF Moto. Let me get this right. CF Moto Z Force 800 EX Trail. It's a 50 inch two seat machine. 
it's like eleven thousand five hundred bucks MSRP, something like that. So it was either that or go with the Polaris two seater fifty inch Razor model, which was like nineteen five. So the cheap ass in me is trying to save eight grand. You know, even though I've already had a Ranger XP one thousand six seater all decked out, and it was a badass machine, loved it. It was just huge. So I was looking for something a little narrower. But anyways, these fucking this fucking motor blows up on us. And right now the dealer is replaced. They said, oh, your first, it was the battery's bad. That was the call yesterday, right? You were there. So the, oh, your battery's bad. Okay. Put a new one in it. Go ahead. And then they call today. Oh, the starter is also bad. Okay. Go ahead. Put a new one in it. And then they haven't even checked the oil yet. It's got no fuck. It burned all of its oil and the motor is literally seized with 99 miles on it. And literally he was being drugged by an Arctic cat with tracks. Yeah. And then he's borrowed one from our buddy, Adam, a Honda pilot. That's it's a 2020 hot. Was a pioneer 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 500. Never had the oil change. Never had the air filter change. Motherfucker runs like a top. Yeah. He, he it's cleaner right now than the day he bought it at my house. Cause I borrowed it. He don't take care of shit and it's still running. So that tells you the difference. Oh man. But now you just, you know, it's a Chinese fucking machine. Not that Polaris probably doesn't have Chinese shit on it, but you know, there's right. a number of machines that just don't have problems, but they're so expensive anymore. They are. But it's a big it, investment. A company saying, Oh, it could blow up if the air filter's plugged. Oh yeah. So so that was the so I buy it at this dealer in Spokane. They put an aftermarket air filter on it. The air filter box is down in front of the right rear tire. Worst fucking spot for an air filter. They're like, Yeah, the only thing bad about these machines is the air filter. So they put an aftermarket air filter on it. The first dealer I took it to in Coeur d'Alene told me that the engine blew because of dirt ingestion because of an aftermarket filter. So I picked it up from them, took it to the original dealer. Didn't tell them that happened at the first dealer. Just let them do their thing at the new de- at the dealer where I bought it. They literally installed an aftermarket filter admitting that there was an air, a dirt ingestion problem in the first place. So then when the motor blows up 99 miles later from dirt ingestion, they basically just proved the point they sold it to me with. I don't know. I don't think it's piece a piece of shit. It is. Don't, don't buy fucking buy one of those. And even that, like the customer service and the warranty process with machines, like it could have been a more expensive machine and still blown. You know, shit happens. Absolutely. But like how they're taking care of me versus like, hey, you, yeah, you bought it here. You spent all the money here and it's not very good customer service. No. And they're like nickel diamond. It just get to the, you know, get to the end result. Yeah. I'm sure they can do a compression test. I'm sure they can check the fucking oil. Yeah. They've done none of that. Yeah. Well, they ain't going to get a good compression test. When the <laughs> fucking motors locked up. <laughs> but yeah. So they told me the battery and the starter's bad. They haven't even checked the oil because it has none in it. It burned all its oil. Well, it's hard to check when there is none. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Maybe the dipstick is melted. Don't buy a CF moto. Don't do it. It's not worth saving the money. All right. Anything else? I think we covered pretty much everything on the short barrel rifles. Like I was saying before, just just give it a try. I mean, any rifle that you build, the worst case scenario, the barrel is the usable part of the rifle. It's the, what do you want to call it? Uh, It's like brakes. It's a commodity. Yeah, yeah. And call and truly call in. Talk to them. Say, this is what I want to do. This is the end result I want to have. I want to shoot elk at this distance. I want to shoot deer at this distance. And they're going to give you a good answer. Mm Mm-hmm. So Antica builds are almost ready. Ooh, Tika builds. Oh, we we saw one yesterday. It's beautiful. We got some pictures of the first paint job. Yeah, it turned out all right. Twenty nine ninety five. Yes. Out the door. You could push it. You could you could get one now. They're just not up on the website yet. Well, what, Jake, when are they gonna be on the website? Well, we just redid the whole photo area. Photo guy's got to get on his fucking game. Yeah. All right. Well, um, probably the next two weeks they'll be on the site. Yep. Yeah. 
All right. If you got a question for us like this, Jake Sasha did. Uh, <laughs> Was his first name Jake? Or no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm delusional. Shane Sasha. Shane Cavassier. That ain't how you fucking say it. <laughs> Just for people to know, it's S A U C I E R. We really like to know how that's pronounced. All right. If you have a question for me or Jake, send it to us at podcast at shoot or go DM us at shoot to hunt on Instagram. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>